Hello and welcome to episode 9 of When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast with me, Will Brown. It's transfer deadline day and we don't know if our best striker in a number of years um, is going to leave. Despite reassurances from Woodrington that he'll be loaned back, you never know in these final hours what's going to happen. Um, so if you do hear any um, kind of parody radio show phone in things throughout this show is because I had I had a moment and uh, um, some inspiration to do some accents um, that you might hear throughout the show. So if you do, don't be alarmed. Normal proceedings will will be just around the corner. So today we've got the thoughts of Ian and Julian, who kindly sent in their thoughts via voice recording because they've had a busy week, and they're going to talk about the Rochdale home game, three one win, and Wildstone away, three all. However, two 0 up is probably the, the slightly crucial crucial moment there, and we look ahead to Halifax away at the weekend, which is another playoff chasing team to contend with. Enjoy the episode and speak to you after. Well, we're hearing reports that uh, Portsmouth have staged a 10th hour bid for the Swiss striker. So let's kick things off with Rochdale at home. Playoff chasing Rochdale, who uh, came to the wreck. 3,000 in attendance at the wreck, which is great to see after. Um, a slightly lower attendance for the uh, for the midweek game. Um, so started off very well, very well with Laurent Tolladge opening the scoring in the sixth minute. Uh, five minutes later, as is always the case with with this old shot team, we seem to uh, find a way to concede right after scoring. Ian Henderson straight through the middle and finished well. Thirty nine years old, as I reminded everyone as it went in. Uh, Kian Harris started home the penalty that Stuart O'Keefe won in the 44th minute before um, Jack Barham sealed the deal with his 51st minute strike, make it 3-1, possibly could have scored four more, but we end it with three vital points. Um, so let's come to you, Julian, and then Ian, what were your thoughts on the Rochdale game? Yeah, I thought the uh, Rochdale game was probably pound for pound the best performance of the season. It's the first time in a while that uh, probably felt really comfortable in the uh, in the scoreline, and um, I thought O'Keefe was was actually more much more effective in this game. It had much more influence over the game. Uh, loved the the first goal where he took control of the ball in the midfield, sprayed a, a long ball out to Jack Barham, shot come cross and Tollage was there to finish it off. So yeah, I thought again the midfield combo was, was efficient. Rochdale looked tired. I think they were a little bit um, rusty. They hadn't played a game for I think two or three weeks. So I think um, they were looking a little bit off the pace. But you know, that's what you have to do. You can only beat the team that's in front of you. I thought Stokes' intelligence was great to see. The, the third goal, just where he sort of stepped out of the back four and found some space, turned, slotted it through to Barham, who finished it calmly. Again, really good to see. And as I said in the, the previous 
uh, podcast. You know, it's good for Barham to score and to get an assist as well. So that will do his confidence uh, all good. I was really pleased to see the crowd. You know, over 3,000 there, which was great to see. I wasn't quite expecting that figure. But, you know, they were all entertained and treated to a, a really good performance. Um, player of the match? I'd probably go O'Keefe. I thought that was his best game of the season. I thought he was very influential. And, yeah, really pleased to see We definitely want more of that from our captain. Really pleased with the win against Rochdale. Um, believe it was probably one of our best performances at home. And it was such an important win, given that where we were on the table. Um, whilst some people felt it was perhaps too early to call it a six-pointer, I think it's absolutely fine to refer it to it to it as that. So three points, very welcome. Played well against a team that are one of our rivals for that playoff spot. I think my man of the match would have to be to large. He's seemed to be on fire in recent weeks. I mean, he's had a great season, but um, almost since the unpleasantness at the end of the Kidderminster game where he perhaps took exception to some of the criticism that was coming from the away end that day, he seemed to have really played with a point to prove ever since that moment. So Talaj would be my man of the match from the Rochdale game. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of echo the uh, the comments made by Ian and Julian there, I think it was our best performance of the season, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Definitely throughout that 90. Um, it's not forgetting that Rochdale were very good in that first half as well. And they definitely looked dangerous. We were quite not fortunate. I think we played well for, for the entire game. I think they also had chances. And, we came through that, and I mean the second half was absolutely unbelievable. Every single player played superbly. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Laurent Tolos there and Stuart O'Keefe. I think two standouts, as well as Dejan Tetek in the midfield. Again, showing why he's um, well, fast becoming the first team, first name on the team sheet if he's fit. And uh, yeah, I I just guess a special shout out to to Ryan Glover who's strung together two, well yeah at least two or three strong performances and I think um, yeah it seems like it's a, a the reaction from the poor results that we had against Bishop Stortford and Kidderminster um, it seems to have given them a kick up the backside and a lot of the players are really showing their quality now um, and that's that's great to see. Better performances are probably around the corner. Now you know what what really what really sold it to me really was was just just how humble the boy is. And then we come to Wildstone away on Tuesday night. Another another team that are probably going to be lingering around the playoffs. They've got a few games in hand um, due to their postponed games. Um, it was it was some game. I think as a neutral, you probably would have absolutely lapped that up for twenty quid. It was two teams that both know how to play football, two teams that want to keep the ball, two teams that are pretty quick going forward. Then again, the in the uh, final third. So it started with the Jack Barham finish to go one 0 up in the twentieth minute. Laurent Tolage 
with an unbelievable touch and finish four minutes later. Um, but then comes the the comeback. Sean Adarqua with one of the one of the best touches I've seen from a long ball since Brett Williams back in the day. Um, so he finished that off to make it 3-1 in the 32nd minute, and then two minutes later, Nathan Ferguson had equalised. Um, two minutes into the second half, we get... Um, a, well, I mean, you just have to watch the highlights. Um, something happened with Geordie there. Um, some sort of touches outside the box where... I, I don't know why he didn't just clear it. But all was not lost. Kwame Thomas, on as a sub, nodded home. Uh, Ryan Glover's cross in the last minute to equalise. Solid point. Wilson ended with nine men, um, the second of which the red card came in the 90 plus four. Um, so Old Shot stays seventh on 45 points after 30 games. Everyone around us has pretty much played one or two games less than that. So the playoff picture, as we'll, we'll talk about later, is still to be confirmed. Yeah, with the Wildstone game, do you know what, at the start I would have taken a point. You know, Wildstone have only lost once at home all season. Uh, it's a difficult place to go. However, disappointed again being 2-0 up that we didn't control the game. You know, every time someone plays against us and they go 2-0 up, we just cannot seem to get back into it in a lot of the games. But um, we seem to really struggle to, to take control and the other teams just seem to have that ability to get back into the game quite easily. So, yeah, disappointed that being 2-0 up that we didn't control the game and go on to win it. But then, having said that, when you're losing with you know, deep into injury time, you have to take a point. So all in all, yeah, uh, we take a point and we move on. The good thing for me is that we're now four points ahead of Rochdale and Halifax. And of course, we go to Halifax on Saturday. So, you know, that means that uh, they haven't got the incentive of being able to go above us if they beat us, which which could be quite a big thing. Uh, surprisingly, Tetek play. And yeah, I, th I think he's great. Three games in seven days, though, was always going to be a bit of a struggle. So, yeah, I'm wondering whether that, in hindsight, could have been a bit different. Uh, Tolage, I thought he enjoyed the armband. I thought he did um, did a good job, seemed to rise to the occasion. Uh, it's good to see Tolage and Stokes level on 13 league goals for the season now, and uh, JB just behind on 10. Uh, just the other thing I wanted to really to sort of mention was that you know the last seven away games now we have conceded two or more goals and you know it doesn't take um, a, a brain scientist to to realize that that's where our problems lie at the moment and so you know we've obviously brought in uh, Roland Meniesi to see if we can shore up the defense we've got Haji Manoga coming back too so I'm just hoping that you know we can get that sorted because yeah, we're so good going forward and if we can just sort the defence out a little bit. I think with our away goals, there's only Ebbsfleet that have conceded more goals away from home than us. So, yeah, that tells you everything that you need to know about our uh, away performances at the moment. Wildstone away, my feeling is one of frustration. 
Um, two nil up, threw that away, rather like Kidderminster that we found ourselves three two behind. But unlike Kidderminster, we battled back, and we played some good football, and we tried, and we really gave them a fright in terms of I think around the hour mark that we were constantly attacking, and then when they went down to ten. Um, relieved that we got an equaliser, but equally frustrated that we didn't find time to bag a winner. I also was very annoyed and puzzled by the fact that there was just four minutes of injury time added on when this season we've got used to mammoth injury times. And I would have thought with the goals that were scored um, and the stoppages that we had for the sendings off, that that surely would have added up to much more than four minutes. The other thing that I want to talk about in the Worldstone game is the fact that it's the weirdest pitch that I've ever watched football on. It looked and appeared quite acceptable in terms of the sort of greenery and, you know, wasn't a mud bath or anything like that. And what was really bizarre is where every time the ball bounced, it just died immediately. And it made it look like they were playing with an extremely flat football. The other thing to to note from the Worldstone game, unfortunately, was Jordi, that um, I was quite defensive of Jordi in terms of November, December, where I thought he was winning round the early season doubters. But since probably late December through January, I've been quite worried about um, his performance and the mistakes. And I do wonder whether we should look at the loan market uh, to try and bring somebody in uh, to give him some competition for a position. I know we've got Jasper Shake that played against um, Kidderminster as a possibility, but I think I'd be trying to work the contacts book and see if we can have somebody in yeah yeah interesting what you say on Geordie I, th- I think someone else might have uh, other words uh, to add to this shortly when we move to the next section but yeah I think he is he's definitely going to come under fire and I think I, I definitely agree that we do need competition for places I, I don't think they would have envisaged this being a problem I think the idea that you can just buy or, or get a permanent goalkeeper and they slip in and they work and it fits into the system, great. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes mistakes are going to happen and unfortunately mistakes are happening quite regularly. But that's to, that is not to say that he is the only one. Um, I think we've seen in this last month. Um, well, I mean, January was a kind of month of mistakes, so... Yes, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I guess the only thing, my only thoughts from the Worldstone game, other than, well, it was that kind of inevitability that we, we, we kind of that, uh, Julian talked about um, at two nil up. Uh, I was with Callum, who, who's been on the pod before, um, and he said at two nil up, well, this could be our, you know, our one five nil game of the season. Um, and I looked to my left, and he, he was being deadly serious. So if, I just said to him. Just, just wait. This is older shot, and this is older shot this season. Um, 
I don't, I don't know why I attempt fate um, because ten minutes later it was two all and we'll still we're getting making chances. So uh, yeah, so that leaves us after five points against Bromley, Rochdale, Wildstone. Five five extra points, definitely. Not many dropped there, I don't think. Despite if we had an extra five minutes, we probably would have beaten Wildstone. So let's move on to the uh, playoff picture in general. And let's get to you, Julian. Yeah, with regard to the playoff picture, uh, the bookies have us just missing out. Uh, the odds are two to one for a top seven finish. And you know, how often are the bookies wrong? Not often, but having said that, the way it's going at the moment, it's really, really touch and go. It depends on the other teams, to be honest, and it depends on whether we can we can stop leaking so many goals. And what I would like to see is um, a bit more competition for Jordi. You know, he has made a, uh, an error or two over the last few weeks. And I'd really like to see us sign another goalkeeper to to give him some competition. Because uh, I think, you know, I think that may just be an area where we can improve for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to see a goalie signed on loan. Um, I'm just thinking, yeah, it's, it's a sense really touch and go. I think Southend have probably got a bit too much to do now. Yeah, they, um, they always seem to be in the mix with regard to people's favourites for playoffs, but I think they've got a bit too much to do. Uh, I'm not changing my predictions from just before Christmas. I think it's out of that, that top 10. Whether or not we've got enough to to get there depends on the defence the playoff picture though that we're still very much in the mix um, would have been nice to win last night because I think that would have put us as high as fifth um, but we're still in a very good place and equally a point away at Wealdstone is never a bad thing you're thinking generally before you travel there that you'd be happy with the point um so i guess that's what we'll have to settle for last night um as regards to feeling more 16 17 or 17 18 season with regards to the playoffs i think it's definitely 16 17 where that was a season that we got in to the playoffs after a years of relegation battles and struggling um and what happened was that we played well in the run-in of that season so we went into the playoffs with a bit of a momentum it was the normal playoff in terms of two legs home and away against Tranmere, which unfortunately we didn't particularly turn up for but um 16-17 was a much better season, whereas 17-18 was quite disappointing actually with the playoffs because we'd spent periods of that season looking like we could win the league. Um, when we couldn't win the league, we didn't even end up second or third to give ourselves an easier chance of promotion and then we limped into fourth place and were of course humbled by Ebbsfleet and knocked out at the first attempt. So this year, I think if we do make the playoffs, it will have that more 16-17 feeling. Absolutely. I, I'm feeling that same way. Um, 
I was ju- I just finished reading Shots in the Dark by David Kinnison, which was a, a Secret Santa gift from um, from my mother, and uh, yeah, he, he he's going through that that season um, remarkably, and yeah, we we only lost once from Christmas to the end of the season, um, which yeah shows in that kind of how good that run in was, and uh, yeah, well, we could only we could dream of that, but we have got we've only lost once so far. To Kidderminster, so if we could go unbeaten for the rest of the season, that would be a surefire way of probably coming fourth at least, maybe even sneak into second or third. So, you know, we've got chest put out of the way, so we're just against the rest of the crap in this league, aren't we? Um, so next up is Halifax away. Um, our record there is not amazing. We haven't won there since 2017, which is which is kind of apt for what we've been talking about um so we go there looking to stop them from getting back into the playoffs themselves they can overtake us we can try to claw back some goal difference hopefully uh to minus one uh, so let's get the thoughts of julian and ian yeah just looking ahead to halifax it's going to be a, a tight one i think and i haven't said that for a long time but uh, Halifax typically don't score many. They don't concede many. Uh, they did lose at Wildstone last Saturday 2-0. And they've also lost their main attacking threat, um, Mr Ali, to Exeter, which is obviously a, a good sign for us. Uh, I think if there's any game that's going to be a low-scoring one, it could be this one. Uh, I'm just hoping that we can get the first goal, because if we can get the first goal, then... I really do think that Halifax will struggle to score. So, going for a a 1-0 victory for us. Yeah, and then we've got um, a 10-day gap until the filed game, which will give us a chance to have some defensive practice, I would say. Perhaps give us a chance to just reevaluate and see what we're looking to do where we're looking to prioritise, what our uh, main areas of concern are to get sorted out. So uh, I'm really confident that uh, we can use that 10-day space to get a good performance in. Fylder picking up a little bit, so I'm just hoping that they don't have a huge momentum going into that game too. Halifax away, another big game. For the shots, another team that's got possibilities of the playoffs. Um, again, I'd be quite happy with a point, but whether that will be enough um, at this stage, I don't know. I suppose a point is good because at least um, it stops Halifax gaining ground. Uh, but equally, you've got Gateshead, uh, Rochdale now with a game, if not two, in hand on the shots so perhaps uh, we need to be looking to win and the other thing that the shots need to do because of their defensive issues is trying to improve that goal difference we're still in a negative deficit Uh, but if we can go into Halifax and bring home the three points then I'll feel that yeah we're perfectly poised for the last third of the season Yes, as you both say, big game for the shots. Can we consolidate that playoff place that we've got? Can we hold on to it? As I mentioned, the uh, shots in the dark 
uh, book earlier. It it does it absolutely baffles me how up and down teams go because you think of playoff teams as these you know highly functional, brilliant teams, but beyond Chesterfield, people are losing left, right, and centre, winning games they probably shouldn't do from positions they shouldn't. I'm so excited for this next third of the season. It's it's going to be a, a roller coaster, and um, yeah, so excited for it. Not going up to Halifax this weekend, but uh, yeah, it should be at the rest of the uh, aways, which is quite daunting because there's only there'll only be seven left, which is quite sad. Um, yeah, and and going off what Julian was saying about conceding two all the time away from home. Yeah, we haven't kept a clean sheet away in the league since Solihull, which was all the way back in October in a one nil uh, win, and and the other the other main clean sheet that. We can remember in all competitions with Stockport away, one uh, nil. So we 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 seem to get them when we're uh, when they're low scoring games. So let's hope for a low scoring game that we can nab a win at Halifax. So that ends episode nine of When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast. If you've got any questions, maybe uh, email in. Do you think this is more of a sixteen seventeen kind of season or a seventeen eighteen? kind of season a lot may depend on whether as you listen to this um, Tolaj has, has has left or signed the contract that keeps him here for three years and when he leaves to go to the premiership he will be a league one player with option we can all dream uh, enjoy the weekend see you next week bye I just don't think he can cut it at the highest level. He's only played a handful of football league games.